All right, so spirit like just dragged me. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to be stingy. I'm going to share this dragging with my audience um, because we all love a good read, right? So it is 7 a.m. on the dot, EST. Um, I woke up Thursday not realizing that some shit was about to go down. So I woke up Thursday and um, I was coming out of like a little bit of a funk because I had wrote this article and I had been showing it to people and I wasn't really getting like no type of response. And I was just like, the fuck? Like, do I sound crazy? Am I crazy? Do I sound crazy? And so, you know, coming off of that, like that's a confidence check. That will, that's a, that's a gut punch to the confidence when you do something that you feel is so profound and you get crickets. Like, damn, yo. But so what spirit is revealing to me, though, through what happened on Thursday is this. You are the author of your story. Right. Or you are the captain of your ship, which that one doesn't make any sense to me. Author of your story makes so much more sense to me, especially especially given the context of society or context of our reality. So on Thursday, my cousin texted me and he had responded to me from, um, Oh, he had gotten knee surgery, which I forgot about. And he had, I had asked him about like some barbers in Atlanta for my son. And I had asked him about, um, Oh, if, uh, if he has any, um, connections, for the school system down here because I wanted to make sure that my son was in the best school system. So, you know, I sent that like a week or two ago. So when he, so, you know, I wasn't like tripping, you know, he's a, he's a busy man. I know that. So I wasn't tripping, but I was just like, damn, like for real, like it's really taking this long. But then when he texted me on Thursday, he reminded me about his surgery and I was like, oh, like, oh, shoot, I forgot. Now I feel bad that I was like, and you know what? Like, that's the type of relationship that he had with my mom, too, where, you know, she would feel like, you don't, you don't, you know, is it really taking that long? Am I really that, am I really that low on your list where you can't even, you know, shoot a text? Because in her world, she wasn't as involved in anything, like, as he is in his work, in his family, in his, in his lifestyle, in his, in, in what he is doing to leave his mark on this earth. Like she was never that involved in anything. So that's outside of her realm of understanding. And so I experienced that when I completely shut down my perspective or my perception of his reality because I was so engulfed in mine. Mine though is more of my creative expression. Whereas my mom's was more of like taking care of the kids, making sure she's being the matriarch honoring the words of her mother, like that type of thing. Being a good example for her girls. Like that's what my mother's reality consisted of. And it was, it's very simple. Very, very simple. Very noble. You know, that's solid. Anybody could want to aspire to that. But she was not, or she didn't feel like, how do I say because she she very much felt the love. She very much felt the love. But it was like something was missing. 
and she couldn't put her finger on it. It wasn't, it wasn't the lack of a, of, of, you know, um, a Facebook relationship. It wasn't the lack of, um, furs and, and jewels and this and that. It wasn't that. It wasn't even the loss of her mother because she never felt like she left. It was more so that she had forgotten to put herself first. She had forgotten to be her star player. She had done everything for everyone, which she loved. And she would have done it again and again and again and again. She's like, be clear that you say that part. She would have done it again and again and again and again. A million times over because that was her joy. But if she could do it again, she would remember to also pour into herself. It's like if you have a garden, right? And you're showing so much love to to your tomato crop, right? And you're showing so much love to your onion crop. You're showing so much love to um, your spinach crop. You're You're showing so much love to your corn. But you didn't show any love to your lettuce. And so... You done put everything together that you remembered to show love to. Like, oh, yes, this is going to be amazing. I've been pouring so much love into it. I know it's going to be good. I know this is going to be good. And then you go to make your salad. And you realize, God damn it, I left my fucking head. I didn't didn't pour onto my own head of lettuce. I could go down a path of ephah right now, but I'm not. If you understand, then you understand. <laughs> but make sure that you are blessing your ori. I will say that. Make sure that you are blessing and honoring your own ori. Because when you forget that you are your, are your star player, as Cat Williams put it, when you forget that you are your star player, you lose your head. You walk out of the house You know how your mother used to say, if your head wasn't attached to your shoulders, you walk out the house with it. Yeah. You ain't got good sense. Do what is best for yourself while also loving on others. A lot of people hear the word selfish and they think um, something negative. They think something bad. And it's like, "Mm, it doesn't have to be. Message. (laughs) It doesn't have to be bad. It could be a very honorable thing. If you believe that God lives within you. So if he lives within me, wouldn't it make sense for me to honor me? How else am I going to get to the him and me if I do not interact with me? They say crazy folk talk to themselves. Child, let me tell you something. I have spent a good bulk of my life trying to make sure I don't get caught talking to myself. Because I was always told that crazy people talk to themselves. Or it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you don't start answering back. And now let me tell you something, though. (laughs) When I talk to myself, I get the best answers. And and I've talked to so many women in my life who kind of hint on the same thing. Like, why wouldn't I consult with the realest bitch I know? Why wouldn't I? But they call us crazy. And so anyway, going back to my story. So my cousin texted me on Thursday and 
Um, then about like, I saw the text message and I went down like that whole path of thought that I just took y'all on. And then like maybe 10 minutes later, his wife calls and I didn't, I was, um, (laughs) I was actually lecturing Jace about something. He had gotten in trouble and I was lecturing him, him about something because Jace, here's the thing with Jace. Jace is spoiled and I love spoiling my child, but he is starting to have an issue with the word no. And as a five-year-old little boy, having an issue with the word no might be cute to some people. It is not to me. Because what I understand is that people are creatures of habit. So if he never understands and respects the word no at five, then he won't at 10. Then he won't at 15. Then he won't at 25. Then he won't at 45. Then he won't at 60. Are you understanding? A lot of women, a lot of single moms tend to love on their babies because that's all that they know how to do is love on their babies. They don't want to discipline their babies. And when they do, it feels awful. But something in them is telling them that you are loving on that boy too much. You're going to make them soft. You know what I'm saying? And so we get to loving on our babies because we want to show them that we are good, even though the world might tell you that I am bad. Ain't that what we trying to do? And then what do they do to repay us? They grow up and they turn into their fucking daddies. You know why? Because they never learn to respect boundaries. They ne- their mother never taught them boundaries. Their one parental figure did not teach them that you gonna respect when I say no to you. Respectfully. You gonna understand that when a woman says, bring me my purse, don't go in that motherfucker. And I ain't even gotta tell you. That's why there's that confusion on Twitter right now. Or that like, it's like some people know, some people don't. The, the, the people who understand what I just said about do not go in it and that's what you know, you part of the hoodoo culture. That's our code of ethics. That's us. That's our culture. It's separate. It's different. It's unique. It's authentic. It's rich. It's everything. It's life. It's ashe. It's you, it's me, it's God, it's spirit, it's voodoo, it's hoodoo. It's West Africa, it's Benin, it's high on the hog, it's soul food. It's shooting dice in in pissy smelling hallways. It's the projects, it's the South. It's jazz, it's blues, it's country music. It's New Orleans, it's Mardi Gras. It's gumbo. It's catching the Holy Ghost. It's shouting, it's speaking in tongues. Do you know, I happened upon an application to an international school in Rwanda and that shit said something to the effect of you have, like in order to submit your application to be a teacher at this place, you had to accept their interpretation of the Bible, which specifically said that they do not believe in speaking in tongues and catching holy and becoming possessed by the Holy Ghost. They talking about y'all grandmama. They talking about y'all mama. They talking about you. They're saying that you're evil. Hoodoo babies. They're saying, they're, they're calling you out your name. <sighs> I'll be inside track. But anyway, I don't remember where I was going now. Damn it. I didn't want to do that with this one. I wanted to stay clear headed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so 
I get on a call with his wife. Let's just go back to that because I don't remember where I was going. I know I was saying, oh, because I was chastising Jace because he needed to understand no. Right, right, right. Got it. So anyway, I come back to my room after I'm chastising him and I, I, um, I call her back, which I almost didn't because I have anxiety. So for some reason, it's like my heart starts beating when I have a, when I have to call people back. Cause it's like fear of the unknown. Like, I don't know this conversation. There's no script. I don't know. It's like anxiety. So, um, which sounds stupid when I say it out loud, but that's the basis of anxiety. So, um, I call her and we get to talking and she's, she's talking to me and, you know, she's encouraging me and she's just like, she's giving me everything that I needed that I didn't realize I needed. She's giving me the encouragement that I needed after crickets from pushing out that article that I told y'all about and at the end of the conversation she goes by the way that article you sent me was absolutely brilliant and it could be turned into a book it didn't come out that way but that's the that's what I pulled from it and I could have cried Because it felt like that's what my mother would have said to me. Because prior to my mother passing, I was doing my best to explain and to to articulate everything that I know. And I kept feeling like I had to walk on eggshells because I didn't want people to think I was angry. And I had to walk on eggshells because I didn't want people to think that I was bitter and I had to walk on eggshells because I didn't want people to think I was crazy and I'm reminded of Lauren Hill when she said I I pray that I understand you more not necessarily that you understand me so that I am able to better serve and I feel that and I understand that and she just encouraged me to it doesn't matter what people think as long as I am not forgetting my own head. That's what matters most. You got to protect your neck, kid. That's what that means. This is our culture. These are our proverbs. These are our scriptures. And we got to write our Bible because it's our story. And we are the author this time. So yeah, they took us on slave ships. And yeah, they misconstrued the Bible and they, they made it seem like it meant this when it was really that. But then all that did was birth poets in Renaissance Harlem who turned into hip hop artists, who turned into lyricists, who turned into spoken word poet, poets, who turned into comedians, who turned into deaf comedy jam, who turned into comedy view, who turned into tales from the crypt, who turned into Biggie Smalls, who turned into Jay-Z, who turned into Beyonce, who turned into me? This is who I am. I am literally just talking. And this is my speech pattern when I am in the spirit of hoodoo. We keep trying to define hip hop as the culture. No. Hip hop is birthed from the culture. The culture is hoodoo. What's your ethnicity, little black boy? What's your ethnicity, little black girl? Do you know? Do you even know what ethnicity is? Black people struggle so hard with the concept of ethnicity. And when I, even just now, I said black people, but I'm only talking to African-Americans. Or am I? 
Because what I'm beginning to understand is that this is a diasporic issue. This not knowing what our ethnicity is, not even understanding the concept of the word ethnicity. Please go Google the word ethnicity. You know what? I'll do it for you. Ethnicity is described as the fact or state of belonging to a social group that has a common national or cultural tradition. Don't that sound like African-American? But Africa is a place, so I guess African is your race? American would be your nationality, but I asked you, what's your ethnicity? Right? When they list race, should it say African or should it say black or should it say African-American or should it say niggas? No, that's racist. Should it say hoodoo? Low country, voodoo. New Orleans, hoodoo. Voodoo, hoodoo. That hoodoo you do, you know what I'm talking about? Your people, where you come from. I had a conversation with a man from the South, though. And his mama was a church woman. And I sent him an article that I wrote called We Ain't Never Had No White Jesus. And he almost got offended with me. And I was just like... That's strange. I would think that you would understand exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. But he just he just became offended and he started defending his wokeness. And I was like, I didn't say anything about your wokeness. The only reason I'm sending it to you, sir, is because I think that you're woke. But apparently not, because here you are triggered. Huh. You got a demon on your shoulder. It's called white supremacy. White supremacists are not white people white supremacy is a spirit Mm -hmm. and it walks the earth to and fro looking for souls to to destroy looking for souls to consume you ever heard that there's a book um by vincent woodard it's called the delectable negro And you guys really, 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 really need to turn on your listening ears and your listening brain and your critical thinking skills and all that knowledge that you got from that HBCU and all those degrees and all that ego. You need to take all that energy and put it into understanding the words that are coming out of that man's mouth. Okay? (laughs) Because, whew! deep it's really really deep and it gets your well it got my wheels to spinning 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 do you understand me thought I was going crazy reading that book I mean it was like you know you know those old 90 sitcoms that would try to um visually 
portray or convey orgasm and it would be like popcorn and fireworks and birds and bees and hummingbirds and ocean waves and volcanoes and it would be like anything that would that would drum up imagery of busting a nut that is what happened in my brain as I was reading that book it was like oh my god it was it was like if you haven't read the alchemist it was like the alchemist for niggas like and I and I'm I mean that so respectfully but it was like the alchemist for niggas and baby when I tell you I'm probably only on page I don't know 50 I haven't even read the whole book it's a thick ass book and this this is damn near a bible and if you understand where I'm coming from then you understand why that's not blasphemous to say ah but I'm forgetting my ori back to my story so The message was not to forget your Ori. And I talked about how my mother's, her worldview was comprised of her babies, loving on people, doing right, going to Bible study, reading her word, getting right with God, keeping her house in order, and going to the doctor when she needed to. That's it. That's it. Oh, and loving on her grandson, child. Please don't let me forget that one. Loving on him. And trying to mother him in the best way that she knew how, which he rejected until the, until the end. And they finally, um, we finally got some understanding in this household before my mother passed. And for that, I thank Yamaya. Um, but so that was her whole life. But in that, she forgot to follow her dreams. I don't even know what my mother wanted to be when she grew up. There is a story in my family that they will never let me live down that when I was a little girl, and I remember this vividly, I was walking up the steps on Grumman Avenue and my mom, she was just developing her respiratory condition. So she would have to stop not on the first landing, but on that little, on that weird big step between the second and the the first and the second floor. She would stop right there, right, like right by the window, and she would rest. And I'm a little kid, so I'm like playing by her feet, kind of like how Jace would do now that would get on my goddamn nerves. <laughs> but like me, I was so like, I was so not self-aware that I was just like happy and just, you know, I was just happy. And my mom was like <sighs> trying to catch her breath. And like me just trying to interact in some kind of way with my mom, I would mock her and I would be like, like, this is the right thing. This is what we do when we're on the step. Like I was just trying to be a good representation of her. And I could, I could absolutely see how that would get on her nerves. I really do. But as a child, I was really just trying to be good. (laughs) Like That's it. And so Um, and so then we would go up into the stairs because she, I'm just realizing things like, as I tell, as I retell this story. So after she would catch her breath, she would continue going up like maybe hmm, six or seven more steps and she would get to the door and then she would have to unlock the door with the big key. 
Or maybe she would have to catch her breath again before she could open the door. She didn't have oxygen. She didn't have medicines. She didn't have anything. All she had was her breaks. She would take a couple steps, stop. Take a couple steps, stop. And that was my normal. So like when I tell these stories, I can almost I can almost hear the gasps. I can almost hear the oh we didn't know. Because it was like there was nothing to know. I did not see my mother's disease. So anyway, as she's catching her breath again, or maybe her best friend came up the stairs. I really don't remember. But um, her best friend lived in the apartment above us. So catching, catching her breath or maybe just standing there, she goes, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think about it. And I say, I want to be a knife. And they said, what? <laughs> Is it a, a knife? Like, like a knife? Like to cut? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> because my thinking was, you said that when I grow up, I can be anything I want it to be. And in my little three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old mind, I'm thinking, why the fuck did y'all choose to be wives? Why did y'all choose to do this shit? Like, I just, it just didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, if what you're saying is true, then why are you suffering? Why are you dealing with this shit? That, that's like, that's what I was trying to articulate. But it was in such the words of a child that I didn't even really stop to think about, like, why the fuck did I say that? Until like just now. And so they, they said, why do you, well, okay, well, why do you want to be a knife? You know, and this is the same thing that I would do with Jace now. Like if he say some wild shit, I'm not going to just pop off on him. Like, no, you don't, don't say that. Like, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to try and figure it out. Is there, there has to be a meaning. I know, I know you're not a psychopath. Like there, there has to be something more here. Okay. And so they said, my mom goes, why do you want to be a knife, Shadana? And I said, so that I can cut people. (laughs) And so now she's concerned. Okay, like now it's like, okay, (laughs) we might need to get this one into therapy. (laughs) There might be a problem here. But no, I didn't I didn't mean that I wanted to hurt people. I meant that if I am a knife, if I'm a dangerous thing, if I am if I am like a shark in this world of fish. If I am that nigga, if I am what everybody is so afraid of, if I am iron, if I am Ogun, if I am a, if I am a warrior, if I am hot, if I am that, if I am danger, then won't nobody fuck with me. And if ain't nobody fucking with me, then they ain't gonna fuck with nothing that I love, so they ain't gonna fuck with you. So in a way, I was telling my mother, I want to be your protector when I get bigger. I want to protect you. That's what I was trying to articulate. And I never stopped to think about why the fuck, what would make me as a child 
say, I want to be a knife when I grow up. What would make me do that? My environment? My household? Media? Propaganda? Minstrel shows? Um, religious indoctrination? You know what saved me? Who do? Because instead of my happiness, my trying to be a good version of my mother, the only thing that was distracting me from that were those fears and my need to come up with a plan to somehow someday become a knife. So that I could protect my mom. So that I could protect myself. So I so that I would be able to protect anybody who I love. Cause, you know, I get something out of that. Just like my mother did. We get something out of protecting you by way of love. If I love you, then you'll be fine. If I don't love you, well, I don't know what to tell you. Because the only reason I don't love somebody is because they did something. See, the opposite of love is indifference. Meaning, I don't even know that you fucking exist or I forgot. But if I don't have that, and I also don't have love, well, there's only one other choice. And I didn't make the fucking rules. I just follow them. That's hoodoo shit. That's hoodoo shit. But everybody under the sound of my voice understands everything that I just said. You know why? Because you're a hoodoo baby. So, I keep getting sidetracked. (laughs) The point is, to bring all of this home, is that Hoodoo is not the the wanting to be a knife. Hoodoo is the wanting to breathe like my mother. Hoodoo is is the blissful happiness, completely unaware of the dangers just to the left and the right of me. And that's what I want to live in, that spirit. That is where your soul needs to be. That's what your soul needs to be in alignment with before you die. Because if you get caught, if you get caught by the headless horseman, by the grim reaper, by the trumpet sounding, if you get caught by your last breath and you are in a state of resentment, of hatred, of guilt, of uh, stealing, and you get caught in the act, then you will descend into hell. It will become your reality. Spend life in bliss. Spend life in joy. Because that's what your, that's what your OD wants. That's what your spirit wants. That's what your mother wants. That's what her mother wants. That's what your ancestors want. That's what God wants. Of course. Choose light. 
but know that you are protected. You are protected by the one who loves you. You get that from them, that wanting to love, to protect. You understand that because you are protected by love. But what that means is you have no need to fight your own battles. Turn them over to God and they will be solved. So going to the light is essentially choosing yourself and making sure that you have your head of lettuce for your salad. Ashay.